This is exactly right. I'm Kate Winkler Dawson, a journalist, author, and podcast host. And I'm Paul Holes, a retired investigator with experience solving some of America's most notorious cold cases. Together, we host Buried Bones, a historical true crime podcast on the Exactly Right Network. Each week, we examine a different case from history and use our years of experience and 21st century forensics to bring new insights into these very old tragedies. Like the time the Sausage King of Chicago's wife went missing in 1897. Don't miss new episodes every Wednesday. Follow Buried Bones wherever you get your podcasts. And welcome to my favorite murder. We are on Zoom. <laughs> We're that's Georgia Hartstar. That's Karen Kilgariff. We're killing it as always. Killing it digitally. We're filming yeah. this, so if you want to look at our killing it faces, just go to the fan cult where we have a shit ton of videos, including what's happening right now. <laughs> and you know what's happening right now? Tell me. I organized all my uh i was gonna say dittos all my copies all my stories uh-huh. put them down uh-huh. and and then realize that i just have piles around me and i'm not sure what is what okay <laughs> that's old all right got it okay this is the hometown we're gonna read you your stories send us in your hometowns please we need more you want to go first you want me to go first sure all right this hometown the subject line is close call with a neighbor Hi, fam. I've tried to write this story down concisely multiple times, but there's so much crazy shit that went on that it's hard to keep it short. Here's my best shot. That's all we ask. Right. Just try your best. Try your best. I lived in an apartment building in downtown Columbus, Ohio, when I was 23. One night at 3 a.m., I was awoken by the sound of someone trying to turn my lock and open my apartment door. I was scared, but I figured it was just someone drunk or lost. I yelled through the door, hey, this isn't your apartment, to which the man through the door responded, I know, and continued trying to turn the lock. I started panicking and I yelled back, if you don't leave, I'm calling the police. He then started slamming his body into my door as hard as possible, making my entire front hallway shake. Oh, my God. I called 911 and luckily the police arrived in time to remove him from my door just before he could break it down. They told me he lived in the apartment below mine and he was just drunk and had gotten confused. I told the police that I had very clearly told him that he was in the wrong place and that he was being excessively aggressive, but they laughed it off. Mm. Well, my little murdering heart was still very paranoid, so I changed my lock, bought extra protection and started doing some research. I found his name on the box in the mailroom that was addressed to the apartment below mine and I googled him. Mm. I found a horrible personal blog where he ranted about a lot of bullshit, but particularly his hatred of women and how he had an extensive gun collection. I also learned that he was a 220 pound ex-Marine in peak physical fitness. Oh my! There were so many red flags that I immediately alerted the apartment management group to the, his behavior online and off and I petitioned to break my lease. They then informed me other women in the building had filed harassment complaints against him, but the apartment manager had talked to him and assured me he was, quote, a sweet guy who was just going through a rough patch. Uh, that was enough for me. I moved out. However, before I moved, 
they put the unit on the market and they were doing some showings. One day I opened the door for a showing and in all caps and in bold, the guy who tried to break in is standing there. I was shocked and I asked him why he was there. And he said, I'm here for the showing. I slammed the door in his face and immediately canceled all future showings. He lived below me already in the exact same apartment layout. He had no reason to be there except that he wanted to be in my apartment for some reason. He probably thought I didn't know what he looked like because he wouldn't have known that I'd found his name or Googled him. Right. Love you. No name. (laughs) Oh, my God. (laughs) <laughs> oh, when you find yourself in a situation like that where your your room, your n- neighbor is sketchy, it's like your entire life yeah, changes. It's awful. That's so scary. And the fact that multiple complaints, but nothing's actually done. Right. And as I was reading this one, I was like, I think I actually heard this on Let's Not Meet. Um, and then I went, I'm sure this has happened so many times yeah, exactly. that it doesn't have to be the same person. This is the kind of shit that happens constantly. Oh, my God. I'm glad they were able to break their lease. Yeah. And by the way, you don't have to allow showings while you're living there. I guess it depends on your city, but fuck that. Well, especially not if you're. Yeah, you should. They sh- that should happen. Usually apartment buildings have an empty apartment that they show. Yeah. It's just the same layout. They don't need to see your apartment. No, Totally. Okay, this one's, uh, I'm not going to read you the the thing. Hi, Karen, Georgia, Stephen, and various menagerie. I'm a petite young girl, now 20, in the countryside, all alone, while my parents went to a friend's catfish farm. And then they say, I love the South. So flashback to my senior year of high school, 18-year-old me is alone in my house in the middle of nowhere, Southeast Arkansas, doing trig homework while listening to MFM. I have two beautiful dogs named Georgia and Einstein. Ein is a little shit who will bark at anything, but I've only heard Georgia bark a handful of times in the four years I've had her, and it has never been aggressive barking. Oh, I can aggress. Different from my experience. (laughs) (laughs) In the four four years. No, 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 no. no. Come on. Mm, Come on. Come on, everyone. So I'm in my bedroom doing homework when Ayn begins barking. I thought nothing of it until I heard the loudest, deepest growl and bark I have ever heard come from my sweet baby, Georgia. Instantly. Isn't that scary when the dog that, right? That doesn't. Yes. The personality changes because the situation is different. Right. Instantly, I run to the door thinking they're barking a wild hog or other southern wildlife. A wild (laughs) hog. Wait, wait, what? That's that's something that comes to your door if you live in the south? I fucking guess. In rural Arkansas, wild (laughs) hogs. Can you imagine if you open your door one day in in fucking Los Angeles and there was just a wild hog chilling? Remember the, the feral hogs on cocaine? (laughs) <laughs> remember that story? Oh, yeah. I remember those sweet baby angels. Okay. Ba 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 ba. Run to the door. Wildlife. As I round the corner, I see that my carport door was left open by my mother as she left the house and my dogs were growling and barking at the door. I look out the door to see a clean cut middle 50s man who I'd never seen before reaching for the screen door, beat up old Ford trucks still running a few feet behind. Instantly, I go into fight or flight mode and start to plan my escape. It's casual. I lunge to the kitchen and grab the loaded forty-five handgun with crown hollow bullet points, oh, big bullets that rip everything apart, and point it at the door. The man at the door takes a moment to look at me with a loaded weapon, my big angry pups, and back at my loaded gun as if weighing his options. 
Slowly, he raises his hands and walks backwards to his truck, peeling out of my long gravel driveway. After locking the door and giving my dogs treats, I call my parents. But of course, everyone knows there's no cell service at Catfish Farms. (laughs) (laughs) Everyone knows that. that. Don't be immature. (laughs) A few hours later, my parents come home to me on the couch, still holding the 45, staring at the door. After relaying the story to my parents, my mother says, oh, the water meter guy was supposed to come today. (laughs) I told him not to come down to the house. The water meter is at the top of our half mile long driveway. But I guess he saw your car and thought we were home. In short, get badass dogs and don't be afraid to make the water meter guy pee himself. SSDGM hope. (laughs) She pointed a 45 with hollow point ammunition in it at the water guy. At the port. I can't imagine in rural southern areas, this is the only time that's ever happened to him. Oh, I bet it happens constantly. So he knows back up, leave, come back another day. Yeah. It's like you don't. Yeah. Oh, my God. I know. (laughs) Little and then she's like this tiny chick too. Yeah, I mean Jesus. (laughs) No, okay. So I'm not going to read you the subject line of this. It gives it away. It just starts today. It happened. I have a personal true crime story to share. So I signed up uh, for a trial on one of those genealogy websites, and because I was doing my research for my writing, and it made searching old news articles a breeze. This is not an ad, but seriously, it's great. (laughs) That's why I changed the name, because that's absolutely an ad. Yeah. Um, So we're not saying the name. Anyway, when I began exhausting all leads, I thought it'd be fun to search my surname, which is pretty rare. So I'm always interested to see what's out there. And this is where it gets wild. Now, as I said, my last name is rare. My family's pretty small and I don't know much family history. And the family history that is known is mundane at best. Mm, <laughs> Sorry. So disappointing. <laughs> so disappointing. I feel like the aim is to have mundane family history. I think that's... Yeah. That's a good thing. Okay, one of the very first articles to pop up highlighted axe murder, and I clicked fast. Now, I want to be upfront. I don't know exactly how I'm related to the following shipbird, but between the dates, locations, times of those involved, I know I'm related somehow. But he's not my great grandfather, I don't think. On to the grisly tale. It's just a person typing doubts and, yeah. you know, Maybe thoughts this. that they have. Maybe that. Perhaps. Anyway, on July 19th, 1943, an 11-year-old boy took himself to the police station to report that his mother was missing and she'd been missing for at least a day. When the boy's father turned up to make a report, he claimed she'd run away with a man who he did not know. His story goes that he saw her get into a car with an unknown man in their driveway as he watched through the basement window while he was doing work around the house. However, detectives became suspicious when they discovered that this man could not have seen his wife leave from their basement it was logistically impossible Mm. so he changed his story Mm -mm. however the real nail in his coffin was when they discovered his wife's blood-stained glasses in the basement they found other blood-stains throughout his home including inside the laundry tub and on the clothes that he had been wearing the day before on the day of her disappearance although they were freshly laundered he tried to say the blood was chicken blood but he was lying it wasn't chicken blood it's never a mannequin Mm. When detectives were able to counter all of this man's lies, they were led to a cement sealed tomb in the family home. Oh. 
he broke down and admitted to hacking his wife to death with an axe because she had, quote, accepted the attentions of another man. And then he buried her body under the basement floor. Mm. By the trial, he was found guilty of first degree murder and sentenced to mandatory life in prison. Fun fact, during questioning, this man admitted that he'd done nine years in prison previously in his home country for robbing a priest. Uh, and then it says in brackets, sorry, that was so long, but I couldn't type it fast enough. All the information given came from the Detroit Times, but unfortunately, they did not credit a journalist. Stay sexy and don't blame it on the chickens. Brie. Dude, that's your in your like your family lore. What a bummer. In your family. What Some bummer. somewhere in there. God. Yeah, I wonder Intense. like maybe that kid is her great uncle or something, right? Like something. Who knows? That's awful. All right, now I want a mundane family, which I have. Yeah, okay. Exactly. <laughs> My siblings and I got kidnapped. Oh. Hello, assorted humans and animals of MFM. My brother and sister and I were playing in a church parking lot near our house. We were probably around 10, 9, and 7, I being the middle one. Why we were playing in a church parking lot unattended while our mom was at our house, I'll never know. And it wasn't like this was a different time or whatever people say to excuse negligence. This was like 2002. <laughs> yes. Proven us wrong. Anyways, yeah. we were all playing in the parking lot, making fun with literally nothing somehow. And we found some kittens in the garden. We put them in a box and we were going to take them home when a truck pulled up in the church driveway and a man climbed out. My memory is too great, but I remember him saying that he had the mother cat back at his house and would we like to see her? Mm. This guy got all caps, all three of us kids to climb into his truck in broad daylight. Oh, shit. I remember him saying he knew our dad and we could call our mom to check if it was OK if we wanted. Because it's 2003 and they all have cell phones. Well, that's how you things th like this aren't supposed to be happening well, anymore. Hold on. My older sister said, yes, we should call her. But the cell phone he gave her didn't work. Oh, so it was like this trick. Like, this like, clearly, of course, I want you to call. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, well, she thought. And we all got in the truck. <laughs> At least he let us try. That means he's not a murderer. That's that phone that actually never had a battery or a SIM card in it. Right. That was handed to me as proof that this is a good person. That's right. He must know our dad. My mom happened to glance out of the window of the house. And since the church parking lot was visible, she saw three out of her four kids climb into a stranger's truck. Ugh. Can you fucking imagine? She freaked out and followed the truck in her car. Turns out he lived only a couple kilometers away. Once we got to his house, she dragged us all back into her car and proceeded to yell at us about getting into this guy's truck. That's right. I don't know what she said to him, but man, we got an earful on the way home. <laughs> yeah, you did. <laughs> but it's not their fault. This man. Like, yes, she it is. <laughs> Stop it. It's 2003. Stop She's it. yelling at the kids about it. <laughs> Well, because she has to make sure they never do it again. Sure. But also this man, I don't think she called the cops or anything on this guy. To this day, she doesn't think he was a weirdo or that we all got kidnapped. But clearly that's exactly what happened. <laughs> she thinks he was a nice guy trying to show us his cat. No, wait, sorry. Yes. I'm sorry. I was wrong. Yes. I thought she was saying like the kids should be yelled at for sure. Yes. But but that man should be yelled at the most by the police. Exactly. And the all the authorities. Right. And people should be investigating why he needs help from little children in a church. In 2002. Like this, yeah. this, this kind of thing you could get away with in the 80s, let's say. 
You could fucking run for mayor on it in the 80s. (laughs) (laughs) Damn. It was a time-honored tradition back then. That's right. It makes you smart. Okay. And I still see his truck sometimes. So that's not great. (laughs) SSDGM. A. So that's not great, is the understanding. Perhaps one of of my favorite endings to an email we've ever gotten. (laughs) I think so. That is really creepy. He he kidnapped you. Play this for your mom and tell her that we say this man tried to kidnap you. Figure out a way to get into his house. Ooh. Figure Nancy, out. Nancy drew this shit. What, what am I what am I saying? What right are you now? saying? What am I inciting? <laughs> we have to be responsible. <laughs> myself as well as you. I'll try. Please, I'll try. Don't break don't break into your old neighbor's house if you suspect. No, mm. but maybe mm. put a tracking device on his car secretly. Yeah, just uh, maybe get a some kind of a spyware yeah. uh, downloaded onto his laptop. Or put a billboard up. This man tried to kidnap me as a kid. You know, that's right. Casual. Yeah. Just, uh, yeah, accusations in a small town. Yeah. No big deal. Georgia, is there anything scarier than trying to log into an account and it tells you that your password is incorrect. And then you try again and it's the same thing. And after a few more failed attempts, big red letters appear saying you've been locked out and your account is suspended. That happens to me all the time, Karen. But scary password stories can have happy endings if you give 1Password a try. 1Password is a user-friendly password management system. It's trusted by consumers, families, small businesses, and large-scale enterprises. If you're tired of being the family member everyone texts for a streaming login or the unofficial keeper of all those shared work credentials, it's time for you to pass the torch to 1Password. They allow for secure login sharing. With 1Password, you can securely store more than just passwords, autofill everything from usernames to payment details and personal info. They'll also notify you about potential data breaches. 1Password saves everyone time. And in many cases, that save time equals money saved. The accounting department will thank you. Don't just listen to us. I mean, you should, but don't just do that. The Associated Press uses 1Password to secure their sensitive information in high-risk areas. Right now, our listeners can get a two-week free trial at onepasswordcom MFM. That's two free weeks at one, as in the number one, password.com slash mfm one password.com slash mfm goodbye the headline of or the subject line of this is i did the best i could i lived in nyc right before the world ended i was fresh out of college and working at a hotel on wall street and then in parentheses oh the things i witnessed oh dear i bet (laughs) wall street Oh, damn. Where all of the cocaine comes to play. I mean, it's it, co- it snows cocaine in Wall Street all year long. I had to get to work super early, so early that my usual subway wasn't running often enough. So I had to leave even earlier to get to work on time. I'm talking 4 a.m. Yuck. Not cool. One particular morning, I had to take a different train because mine needed maintenance or some shit. (laughs) I was on the platform waiting for the train to come, and I noticed that there was another person down the way a little bit, and I didn't think much of it since it's New York, and I was not really conscious since it was so early. They end up boarding in the same car that I go into. The dude ends up sitting across from me diagonally. I notice he's looking at me, and I smile politely. And then it says in parentheses, I did not yet know that New Yorkers don't do that (laughs) i've never learned that oh i'm such a i'm so you can see i'm from out of town when i go there i'm just fucking happy and shit yeah 
No. I look back down at my phone and in my perifs, I see that he is scooting closer to me so that he is now sitting right in front of me. Mm -mm. I glanced up and he is still staring at me, smiling. I look back down and started to panic. There's no one else in the car, just me and this dude. Then he gets up and sits on the same side of the car as me, but a couple spaces away, still staring at me. Then he starts scooting closer to me and I'm really freaking out, but I literally did not know what to do. I had that horrible gut feeling that things weren't right. I wish I could say that I kicked him in the balls or told him to fuck off or something cool, but I couldn't even comprehend what was happening. When he was right next to me, I finally mustered up the courage to stand up. And as I did so, he lunged at me, trying to grab me. I turned and looked straight into his eyes and gave him the dirtiest, meanest look that I could make. And I walked across the car to the other side. I have no idea how that worked, but he looked so shocked and almost scared that I actually reacted. And when the train came to a stop, I ran out and literally panic sprint walked the rest of the way to work, despite it being freezing cold and three stops too soon. I know it's not the most badass of stories, and I always thought, that I would take action or be able to defend myself, but I didn't. I froze. For a while, I was so disappointed in myself, but now I'm just glad that I did something at all. It taught me that even if it seems like you can't do anything, if you just at least try to snap out of that freeze moment, it could make a difference. Just the smallest amount of gumption can go a long way. I love you guys, and thanks for empowering all of us. I'm so proud and inspired by y'all, and I hope you're doing okay. Stay sexy and do what you can can maggie maggie i love that i do too that's so true because like yeah you feel guilty not you don't that flight or flight thing is so terrifying not every moment you're gonna act like a fucking badass or like a fuck politeness person but you got to do what you can do yeah it's like it's it makes perfect sense that you of course you don't know what to do this is a situation you've never been in someone is like breaking the social contract which makes you panic someone is is coming into your Mm -hmm. you know personal safety zone which is not good and yeah everybody doesn't have that in them to immediately beg back the fuck up motherfucker which is like but i bet you after maggie lived in new york for one more year she saw enough stuff where she's like now i know what to do pepper spray some impressions of uh women in new york and get myself right out of this but like she's completely and exactly right yeah do something you did something you, yeah you turned around and looked this person in the eye and were like do not fuck with me pretend to be a new yorker even if you can't really be a new yorker we can all pretend that's right that's right yeah great job maggie good job all right this one is my last one it's a little bit long but it's worth it this oh and this is actually sent from the fan cult and you can hear more many many episodes in the fan cult but i really love this one so i wanted to do it in the main episode in the maxi in the maxi (laughs) all right i'm not going to read you the subject line but she says i really hate the subject line but i feel like i'm on a first date or something like how do i say something wonderful without sounding like the socially awkward child i feel like so we understand anyway here goes Hey, y'all. Love all of you and the animals. I tell you, I love hearing about the pets because I've had to say goodbye to all mine except my parakeet in the past few years. It's tough, but it turned out to be a blessing in disguise. Very long story, but one day I'll write a fucking hooray if this nightmare that's 2021 ever ends. (laughs) We're only a couple months away. We'll get there. (laughs) 
Fire away. <laughs> they're like the government announces that they're adding four months to 2021. <laughs> no. <laughs> Double Christmas. Oh, oh. OK. So when I was growing <laughs> up, we were considered poor. There were months when the lights would be turned off or dad would have to pawn something like his beloved guitar to pay the light bill. We were fortunate to have grandparents who had a family farm, so we never went without food. To clothe us, my mom sewed most of our, quote, outfits, but we also shopped at garage sales. One Saturday, when I was in seventh or eighth grade, we went to a garage sale in a nicer neighborhood, and I found a gray skirt that would go with everything. We were driving my dad's 76 Nova that had ruined a ruined paint job from eggs being thrown at it. Oh. And then it says, Dad was an educator, and kids are jerks. <laughs> Can you... I didn't know eggs ruined paint jobs, and that fucking sucks, man. Can I just add that there's another potential line that could go with that, which is dad was a mean teacher. (laughs) Dad didn't put up with any shit in the classroom, which incited rebellion. That's right. I looked rough because, well, junior high. Mm. Uh, It was also late afternoon, and we've been doing yard work most of the day. I held up the skirt and showed my mom that it had pockets and was only 50 cents. Hey. My mom, I know. My mom ran and asked the lady if I could try it on somewhere because she didn't want to spend that much on something that might not fit me. The lady let me go into the house and try on the skirt. It fit perfectly. And I remember putting my hands into the pockets and twirling around for a minute because that bedroom with the mirror was fancy and I deserved it. That's right. Mom asked the lady if she'd take 25 cents for the skirt and the lady said she would. Um, then we handed it and a few other items to her. She said she was going to get us a bag and took the clothes for a minute and then gave them back in a paper bag. When I got home, I put the skirt in the clothes basket to wash, but I have a habit of always checking my pockets first. There was a rolled up $20 bill in the right pocket. No. Ready to cry? Yep. I gasped as I took it out and showed my mom. She started to cry and I was like, we have to take this back. This is a lot of money. (laughs) They didn't know it was in... And then I realized you're fucking legit crying right now. Oh, yeah. I'd already checked the pockets twice. The lady must have put the money in there when she put it in the bag. Maybe it was a charity case. Maybe a blessing from above. Most likely just a kind person who saw folks who needed a small break. If you're because if you're trying to negotiate down from 50 cents, that lady's like, holy shit. Totally. Oh, we were able to buy gas the next day and actually put $5 worth in the car. Usually just did $2 at a time. Mm. I'll never forget the kindness this woman showed. I hope she received some blessings for that gift. When I hate people, which is almost always because... <laughs> wait, you have to hear this. When I hate people, which is almost always because menopause... <laughs> I can look look back on memories like this and find faith in humans again. Not Mm -hmm. all of them are evil. Some are true gems. And I've been lucky to cross paths with a few. I wouldn't trade my childhood for anything. Going without taught me to be strong when life is horrible. And sometimes life is pretty horrible. But I just keep going forward because there's really nothing else you can do. And I can go to thrift stores and put random treasure into pockets for junior high kids who don't fit in and just need a little boost. Mm -hmm. Stay sexy. Keep thrifting. Give quietly and without fanfare and always have pockets. My granny even sewed pockets into my doll's clothes. They're that (laughs) important. (laughs) Please give ear scritches to the pets for me. Holly. Holly, that's such a good story. Holly, thank you for sending that in to us. 
There's also so much, you know, the thing about it is this woman didn't make a big scene in front of other people at this garage sale. Right. She didn't do something where she grabbed the mother's hand and made it about herself that the way she gave that had so much dignity in it. Yeah. And it was just like for this little girl, you know what I mean? Of like, this yeah. is, you're going to find this later. This little special. And like, she didn't know that that girl had already put her hand in the pocket and like, wouldn't have known it was there. You know what I mean? It was just like. This will make her day someday and it doesn't have to be about me in any fucking way at all. Right. Right. Yeah. It's I love beautiful. That. It's beautiful. Yeah. It also just makes me think I'm not going to compare the two, but being so broke that I was looking through my junk drawer and I found some Mexican money from when we had gone on vacation like years before. Yeah. And I was trying to I went on the computer to figure out if I took it to the bank and changed it in how much american money i could get for these dollar bills yeah. or you know these mexican pesos yeah when you're broken stuck those little gestures mean everything the thing that hit me was with the putting five dollars in the gas tank instead of two when we would have no food in the house for a while my mom would just go this is what grocery shopping was called we'd say let's go bounce a check yeah <laughs> and we'd go and she'd write a check back when they couldn't check it you know, at the store. And I legit thought we were going to get arrested every right. time. But that's what like not having to bounce a check to get groceries always was like a special, special time. I wouldn't give up the things that we had to go without as a kid because it made me who I am and made you who you are. And it's pretty rad. Well, and then you have this kind of deeper understanding of what's going on around you. Yeah. Because it's not just like, oh, everything's easy for everybody. So yeah. whatever. It's like, you know how hard it can be totally. and the difference it can make. That's totally. Awesome. I love that story. I know. Also, the fact that pockets were involved for some reason just got me. It, it had it's everything. Like, it was like women's secret communication yeah. or some beautiful support. Yeah. Pockets save. Sorry. Pockets. <laughs> a poem by Georgia Hatzberg. Um, send us your hometowns at my favorite murder at Gmail. We're looking through new ones, so it, you're always welcome to send them again if you've already sent them before. An amazing batch. People really responded to this call out. Thank you so much totally. for uh, you guys. There's so many beautifully broken out. You see the paragraphs right there. Cons yep. People are being concise. People are putting the work in. We really appreciate it. We great, do. great stories this week. Thanks, you guys, so much. Oh, by the way, you guys, this podcast is now available on Amazon Music. So check it out there. And thank you so much for listening. Yes. And stay sexy. And don't get murdered. Goodbye. Goodbye. Elvis, do you want a cookie? This has been an Exactly Right production. Our producer is Hannah Kyle Crichton. Associate producer Alejandra Keck. Engineer and mixer, Stephen Ray Morris. Researchers, Jay Elias and Haley Gray. Send us your hometowns and your fucking hoorays at myfavoritemurder at gmail.com. And follow the show on Instagram and Facebook at myfavoritemurder and Twitter at myfavemurder. And for more information about this podcast, our live shows, merch, or to join the fan cult, go to myfavoritemurder.com. Rate, review, and subscribe. <laughs>